Welcome to the Women on the Rise podcast. I'm Jen Blandos, the founder of Female Fusion, and this is where we look at everything entrepreneurship for female entrepreneurs. Whether you are just getting started or you have a seven or eight figure business, we cover the topics that matter most to you as you are building, growing, and scaling your business. Welcome to another episode of the Women on the Rise podcast. And today you have an episode with me, which is solo. I've been doing a number of interviews over the past couple of months, and I've had a number of our podcast listeners reach out to me and say, Jen, we want to hear some solo episodes. So I have a number of solo episodes that I'll be recording because there's so many issues that I want to talk about and how I come up with the things that I talk about on the Women on the Rise podcast is often from questions that I get from other female business owners around the world or issues that I see coming up. And today's episode, I would really like to talk about customers and how you find customers because a consistent complaint that I hear from female business owners, and probably not only female business owners, but business owners in general, is that they're like, my biggest problem in my business is that I don't have customers. But oftentimes when I ask a number of questions around that, that there are reasons why you don't have customers. Now, I am a believer that you can pretty much sell anything if you have the the systems and the structures in place within your business. So long as you have people that will want to buy what it is that you're selling, you can pretty much monetize anything. Now, oftentimes what I find when people are struggling in their business to find customers is that maybe they rushed in the beginning of their business and they didn't do enough research. And that research comes down to being very, very clear on who your ideal paying customer is. Who is it that is going to be buying your product or service? Now, oftentimes, how can we do that? Um, Typically, it would be something like talking to those people who would be your ideal paying customers or doing a survey. Now, surveys are one of my most favorite things to do. And the reason why surveys are great is that you can ask a number of questions to dig deeper to find out what it is that people are looking for from your potential product or service. Now, um, I find the easiest way to do that is just to do maybe 10 to 12 questions. If you are on a budget, you can find free survey software. For example, Google and Microsoft both have free forms that you can use. If you want to have something a little bit more complicated, um, where you can have something called branching logic. And what that means is if somebody asks a certain question, they will go to another question to dig deeper into why they answered a certain way for that question. If you need to have something a bit deeper like that, Um, I love Typeform and that's something that we use within Female Fusion because you can have branching logic as part of that. Now, one thing people say though is, but how do I find the people who are going to answer those surveys? Well, typically you would ask the people who would be your potential customers. So where do you find those potential customers? If you have an audience of zero and you don't know who to talk to, one of the first things we would like to do is use our personal network. But the problem 
with asking friends and family is that friends and family typically will tell us what they think that they want us to hear, or they might not be our ideal paying customer. So you can ask your personal network to share it with other people who might be your potential customer. The other thing as well, if you're in any sort of social media platforms, for example, you could post that survey on LinkedIn. If you're in any specific Facebook groups, you could put it within Facebook groups. For example, within Female Fusion, we have a couple of Facebook groups. One is a very big Facebook group for female business owners around the world. And then one is for our paid members. And I really encourage our members to go and place their surveys in there because you will have hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people who would be willing to support you or share that survey somewhere else. So that is a really great way to do that. The other thing as well, I suggest when you do that survey is to go and ask if people would be willing to answer any other questions. And I never make it mandatory for people to leave their information, but I will ask a question at the end that will say, would you like more information when this new product or service launches? Would you be willing to speak with me to answer more questions? And oftentimes you will have people who will share their contact details and say, sure, yeah, I would love to speak with you and give you more information. And those are the people who are going to be your real ideal paying customers. And I find those uh, one-on-one times with people so valuable because you can really get into the mind of your ideal paying customer. So I would typically organize a 15-minute to a 30-minute Zoom call um, or an online call or interview with them afterwards. I wouldn't organize face-to-face meetings. The reason why is that that would take a lot of time. And it's really good if you can get a sample of um, more detailed interviews of at least 10 people. For your online survey, a good number is 50 to 100 that would give you a clear idea. But when you have that understanding of what it is that they're looking for, that it makes it really easy for you to tailor how you're going to communicate and what you're going to offer. Now, the other challenge with um, finding customers and sales is oftentimes I see that people are selling the wrong product or service to the customer. So they have a mismatch between the ideal paying customer and the product or service. Or another thing that I see happens quite a lot as well is that they are not clear on what their offer is and what they are selling. So if you're not clear on what your offer is and what you're selling, how is it that your potential customers are going to buy from you? So for example, one thing I hear a lot of times is people will say, oh my goodness, I'm so frustrated. I cannot find customers. And I will say, okay, so um, what is it that you're selling? And I kind of hear a little bit of information that's not very clear. Do you have a price list? Do you have an offer? And oftentimes I'll hear things like, well, no, maybe I'll speak with them. I'll listen to what they're interested in buying or what they need. And then maybe I can tell them what they need. The problem is, is that that leads to a lot of confusion. And many times people are like, yeah, but I, I don't know what you're selling. So if I don't know what you're selling, how is it that I am going to be able to buy from you? So those are two things that if you are really stuck for customers, 
I would recommend that you kind of go back to the basics and go back to the beginning in your business. And sometimes we have to do this, even if we've had our business for a little while, that what worked initially no longer works, that maybe um, the market has moved on, technology has changed, the needs and requirements of our ideal paying customer is different, or maybe we've evolved as a business and the people that we had as ideal paying customers now are completely different. So for example, um, I do that within Female Fusion that at least once a year, well, I'm always asking questions of our members and I'm always asking things like what are their biggest challenges? What do they need? So that also as well helps us get very clear on what we are going to offer our members. Um, but also as well that some of our customers within Female Fusion have changed and what our members need are different than maybe what it was a year or 18 months ago. And so that's why it's very important to be consistently asking those questions and getting into the mind of your ideal paying customer. So in the beginning, if you are a little bit stuck with things like that, I always suggest to go back and do a survey, speak to your customers, find out things that they're they're looking for, find out what they need, find out what their challenges or problems are, because then it will be much easier for you to be able to sell. But you also have to have something to sell, right? And what you might find is that maybe you're not selling because your offer is not clear, or you might be not selling because you have so many things on offer that your customers look at that and they're like, ah, what is she selling to me? What? what is this? I don't know what she's selling. It's not clear enough and go somewhere else. So you do want to make that really, really clear so they know what it is that you're offering. Then the other challenge that people consistently have and why they are not selling is oftentimes that they are not consistent with the communication. I don't know if you feel this at all, that sometimes, especially if um, you're newer to business, that it can feel a little bit uncomfortable to talk about what it is that you're selling. So um, maybe you're not sending out emails to your customers. Maybe you are not posting about your business or your product or service consistently on social media. Maybe you're not running ads. So all of these different things um, really play a role in us growing our business. So for example, um, you don't necessarily have to pay for ads. And I, I know that especially if your business is starting up, that you might not have a budget for that. But what you can do is you can get really consistent about communicating about your business. What is it that your business does? What do you offer? Share lots of information with your potential customers. And that can be over emails. That can be um, online, doing your social media posts. It could also be you speaking at events. There's a number of different ways that you could do that, but you don't want to be the world's best kept secret. And oftentimes people will create a business and we spend so much time creating this business and putting so much love into it. But by the time we go to release it to the world, we've forgotten one very important thing, and that is marketing, and that is 
sales as well. How are we going to find those people to buy from us? It's like you can't put in all of this love to create a store. Let's say that you're going to have a shop. You make it beautiful on the inside. You have the most unique products that go inside the shop. You open in a shopping mall and then nobody comes because you haven't gone and done the marketing and the sales to go with that. So all of this goes hand in hand and it comes down to communication. And it's not a matter of communicating a couple of times a week for a few months and then all of a sudden people are going to be flocking to your store that you create. It is going to potentially take quite a while. And even for things like with Female Fusion, We've been going posting consistently every single day now for probably probably about two years. And I see that there's a real difference when we communicate consistently on social media and we have a number of platforms that we focus on. So we focus on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn and on YouTube. Now, we decided to do that because we... We looked at all of the different social media channels, talked to um, our members and to women who might be potential members of Female Fusion to find out where they are. And so we found that many times that people who have more established businesses are on LinkedIn and absolutely, I probably I would say about one third of our members are established businesses who have been in business for three plus years. Um, at least more than one third, potentially even one half. Um, Of course, those numbers always change, but LinkedIn was a really good place to go and communicate with them on that platform. But then we find that um, maybe some of the newer businesses, the creative businesses really love things like Instagram and uh, Facebook. But then we have other platforms like YouTube, which we found have been really popular together with the podcast that is more general that people listen to. But we've decided to leave out things like uh, Pinterest or Twitter or X as it's now called because we felt that that was just too much information and it's better to do one or two platforms really well and consistently rather than trying to be everywhere. So we found that that worked really well for us. Um, And we also found that email worked really well too. And we have an email newsletter that goes out every single Monday morning to our members all over the world. And our members know that consistently they get that email from us. And so there is that recognition and they know that we share information about things that are coming up, masterclasses that we're delivering, um, in-person online events, maybe entrepreneurial information that could be of value to them. So we have that consistently. And we also have a newsletter that goes out to people who aren't in our membership. And the newsletter that goes out to people who aren't in our membership, again, we have very high open rates and click rates. And many times what we do is we share information about entrepreneurship, owning a business. And then we find when those people are ready and they know, like, and trust us enough that many times they'll come over, join our wait list, and then eventually join the Female Fusion membership. So those for us work very well about being consistent and go through all of that. But what you want to be thinking about when you are are thinking about how you're going to get more customers is you want to think about what that journey 
looks like for them. So what is it going to be like from the time that they first go and meet you or first go and hear about your business? They learn more information about your business and then eventually you get to a point that they're ready to go and buy from you. And it might be a lower priced item, see if they're going to be able to trust the the quality and the service that you have. And then if they if they like that and they like the experience, that then they will trust you and they will know you and we hope that they're going to buy more from you. But it's not just a matter of setting up a business and hoping that people are going to come. It's a matter of us having a plan on how we are going to find those customers, really understanding our our customers, what they're looking for, where we can find them, what social media platforms they like, where they hang out, what they do, whether your audience is local to the community that you're based in, or if they're like our audience for Female Fusion, that it's basically female entrepreneurs all over the world. So that can be quite wide. So we have to do a lot of research to find out where they hang out, what information they need, what challenges people have as well. So that is... um, A bit more information for you to think about identifying how you can sell more and how you can get customers. And as I said, when I hear from people that getting business and having customers is their number one challenge, that many times that the beginning stuff was left off and there hasn't been enough planning around what that customer journey is going to look like. So do make sure that you you have a think about what that customer journey is going to look like for, for your customers and make sure that you have a bit of a consistent plan how you can communicate that information with them. The other thing as well I wanted to share with you was a, a bit of a... Um, a brain dump from me on all of the other kind of tactics and ways that you can engage with people to find customers because different types of engagement tactics are going to work for different types of businesses. So there's no, for example, as I was saying, for Female Fusion, for us, the very best ways for us to get customers is on social media and email and also events. Those I would say are probably the three biggest. And then the other one as well is also the podcast. We find that we have thousands of people who are listening to the podcast, which is such an honor to us, for us. And thank you very much to everybody around the world who listens to us. Um, But we find that that is probably one of the, the, the first ways that they come into contact with us. And so they hear a bit more about female fusion, about our values, about how we support female entrepreneurs. And then they're like, oh, I think they're pretty cool. I like what, you know, Jen is doing with Female Fusion. Um, I'm going to follow them on social media. Oh, you know, I see that they've got like a free masterclass. They've got lots of free videos on YouTube. I'm going to check that out. Oh, I see that, you know, they've got something which is paid, but maybe it's not the membership. I want to go check them out and see if the vibe is like what I would like okay, I've done that. I like that. Right. I'm ready to go and buy. And so we're constantly looking at this and thinking about what are all the touch points that female entrepreneurs have with us, our ideal paying customer, and how do we ensure that people are constantly 
coming through that way. So eventually they will become members. And so that's how it would work with your business. Now, social media platforms for most businesses work really well, not only for business to consumer B2C, but also for B2B. But the B2B businesses typically find that LinkedIn is going to be much more powerful for them. And also as well, um, YouTube can work with quite well. YouTube is also one of the world's largest um, search engines as well. And so if you are putting content on YouTube and somebody goes onto Google to search for something, chances are maybe one of your YouTube videos would show up as well. Um, Or people might just search for things directly within YouTube. Other things you could look at as well, as I said, are things like email. Email is great, but you need to have an email list for that. And it can feel very intimidating if you have an email list of three or four that you're not ready to go and send out emails. But I would argue that we all start from zero at some point. And so working on building your email list, working on having quality content that eventually people are going to come. But you see the people who do have big audiences and who do have big email lists, and they have been doing it for a very, very long time. For example, with my other business that I had for nearly 20 years, my email list, and we didn't even do that much um, on building the email list, but after all of the years that I had that, the email list I think was maybe about 30 or 40,000 people on that email list, but that was because I had been doing it for a very long time. Um, When we look at something like Female Fusion, our mailing list at the moment is at about 15,000, and it's something that we're working on to make sure that we get the right people on the email list and send them the right information. Networking events are also a really great way for you to find customers, but what you want to do is make sure that when you go to the networking event that you're not going there with the intention of selling. How many times have you gone to a networking event and you have met somebody who just hands out their card, gives you the hard sales pitch about their business? It just feels so gross, right? Um, So you have to realize that many times if you're going to networking events that you are not going to close a sale. Maybe you will be really lucky and meet somebody who is your ideal paying customer and looking for the very thing that you have and want to go and buy it from you right away. But the chances of that happening are pretty slim. So you have to know that Looking at things like networking events and building your network is so powerful as a business owner and should be one of the top things that you do, but it takes time. And you're probably looking at a good six, nine, 12 months to really start to have that network that will be supportive of you, recommend people to you and eventually become your customers. And so it's something that you don't want to get frustrated by because if you're constantly trying to push a sale, you're not going to get a sale. So you want to be able to, to see this as another tool that you will be able to grow your business with and to have customers with, but it does take time. Um, You also want to make sure too that you've done a few simple things that 
are going to make your business findable. And that is going to be things like findable online. So have you done things like set up Google My Business? Very simple thing, but a lot of people haven't done that, where that means that if somebody goes and searches for your business, that it shows up, do you know, it typically in Google, it will show up on the right-hand side of the search and it will have a map showing directions to your business and it will have all of the links for your business. You should be able to show up on there immediately. Um, so that is something that, again, make it easy for people to find you. So have your Google My Business set up. Also as well, make sure that you have the right information about your business on your website. Make sure that you have information about your business, the contact details of your business, all the things that customers would need to make a decision to work with you. Also, other platforms like your social media platforms, have you set them up? Have you got information about your business? Make sure that it's publicly available. If you're on LinkedIn, LinkedIn, you oftentimes get most of your engagement on your personal profile, but you also want to have a company page as well so you can use that. Is it set up? Do you have information about your business? Have you written about your business on your personal profile when it comes to things like Instagram and Facebook? Have you filled in all the information? If you're using Instagram, have you set up a link tree as well, which um, is where you can click on that one main link and it will have four, five, six, seven, however many links you want about different bits of information about your business and how people can work with you, how they can find you, maybe some freebies that you have developed. And all of these things need to be easy because you don't want your potential customers to find it hard to work with you. And many times um, businesses, especially if you're new, that you're so busy doing all of these other things, you know, there's no pure handbook that tells you all of these different things that you need to do. And so many times that gets overlooked. And it's simple things like that that make a difference for us having customers that are going to find us and want to do work with us. And then you also need to have a strategy about content marketing. Every single business, I don't care what kind of business you are, if you're B2B, if you're B2C, we need to have content that is going to go out because that valuable content is going to help people decide if they align with us, if they like us, if they want to hire us. And it doesn't have to be salesy content. It shouldn't be salesy content. It should be valuable information that people can use to make a decision if they want to work with us or not and to see what it is that we're doing. So all of that content, and as I said earlier, it needs to be consistent and you want to be able to have a strategy for how often you're posting. Now, different uh, people have different views on this. Personally, I feel that you should be putting content out every single day. And the reason why I say that, and don't freak out about it, um, but the reason why I say it should be every single day day is that if not, we get forgotten about. We are only as good as the last post that we put up. 
And you will see that some posts do really, really well and get great engagement and others fall completely flat. So you want to look at that and see what your potential customers or your customers are engaging with and create more of that content. And the stuff that isn't really working and isn't resonating, don't create that stuff. So really look at that with your content marketing. Um, Online advertising can also be really powerful if you have a budget for it. But again, it needs to be done well and you need to think about where are your ideal paying customers going to be. Don't set up online advertising on LinkedIn if your customers are mainly going to be on Instagram. Don't go and do a Google Ads campaign if your customers are mainly finding you on Instagram. So this is where when we understand our customers, it makes it so much easier to be able to do advertising. But with the advertising as well, you really want to um, to make sure that that advertising is working for you. And the cost per acquisition, or you'll hear people say CPA, is going to be reasonable compared to what it is that you're charging for your product or service. So if you're charging, let's say $50 for a product and your cost per acquisition is $25 or $26, is that going to be the best use of your time or do you need to fix the way that your ads are to get that cost per acquisition lowered? Now, cost per acquisition vary on the industry and what it is you're selling and how competitive competitive it is. Um, all of these things matter, but if you are going to do advertising, you need to have a plan behind it and it does take at least three or four months to work. And I've heard from people who make an investment in ads. And then after three or four weeks, they're like, oh, I spent all this money in ads. It's not working. I'm going to stop. If you are using ads to grow your business, it's going to take time. And actually in Female Fusion, all of our growth has pretty much been organic and if pretty good in how we've grown over the past couple of years and gained global members. And I've realized as well that we can only grow so much organically and doing all of the organic content that there comes a time as well that we need to invest in ads. So um, we have started making an investment in ads and working with a really talented ads specialist to make sure that we get that. And one of the things that we've been talking about is realistically, we're probably not going to see results in that and to really start to see it help us with our goals for probably a good three or four months. And so you need to be prepared if you're making that investment in ads to know that you're probably not going to start to see really good return on investment for three or four months until you're able to work out what works, what doesn't work. But all of that if you have the, the, the money and the patience to do it, that it can give you really, really good return on investment. And that's, that, that works really well for getting customers. The other thing too, if you're on a budget and you can't afford things like ads, look at other people who have similar businesses and who you can collaborate with. I see this a lot in Female Fusion, that we have members who are, um, who are maybe in similar industries or quite complementary. For example, we have a member who is an optician and she has a, um, a clinic and she partnered with another one of our member 
who sells wellness products and supplements and eye massagers and all of these things. And they found that they had a lot of similar customers. And so they've organized some events together. They have done email campaigns together. And they found that through both of those, some of one of their uh, uh, one of our members' customers started to buy from the other and vice versa. So if you find people that are quite complementary for your business, that that can really help you grow as well. Um, there are so many different things that you can do. And all it takes is a little bit of brainstorming and thinking about who are my customers, where are they, and what is it that they would like about our business. Um, I've gone through some of the key ones and those are some of the ones that I see make probably the biggest impact in business quickly. Because if you are really struggling with finding customers, it's something that yes, it's going to take time, but also as well, you want to be able to look at it and go, right, how am I going to make the quick wins? How am I going to be able to get at least a few customers in through the doors so it covers my costs of running my business and then then I can be much more strategic. And every business is going to be different about how you're going to do that. But really analyze your customers, talk to them, make sure that your offer is clear and get out there and create those irresistible offers that you can sell to your customers to get your revenue up. Because you don't have an expensive hobby, you have a business. And if you have a business, we need to have a profitable business. But for us to have a profitable business, we need to have customers. So remember, go back to the beginning, talk to your customers, make sure that offer is clear, and then find some of the engagement techniques that would resonate best with your customers. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Women on the Rise. If you did, could I ask a little favor? Would you mind heading over to Spotify or to Apple Podcasts and giving us your review? Any feedback that you give us and your reviews help us grow the podcast and get it into the hands of so many more female entrepreneurs. We'd also love to hear from you. You can reach out to us on social media or through the website. Hit us up with your suggestions, ideas, or comments on things that you would like to hear in the podcast.